0: Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. Thank you for listening. We are talking calving distribution again this week. Last week, it was all about beef. This week, we're talking dairy. So we're talking seasonally calving dairies that have to worry about calving distribution. And fortunately, Brad's here who runs an organic and a conventional dairy that both calve seasonally. Thank you again for listening. Please enjoy the episode. All right. Well, we've talked about beef a ton now. We're going to transition over to talking about dairy and and all the stuff we talked about, a lot of it applies to calving seasonally on a dairy. So a lot of our grazing herds, organic herds, do calve seasonally on the dairy. So fortunately, Brad is here. He manages a dairy that, two, well, I guess one dairy with two two operations that both calve seasonally and, and are out on grass. So why, well, let's start with why do you guys calve seasonally instead of year-round?
1: Well, a lot of it is labor, you know, I think we forget about labor in trying to think about calving because calving takes a lot of labor when you have to deal with calves and breeding and all of that. So we have chosen to compartmentalize everything. So we, we breed and then we calve and then we breed and then we calve. So everything happens in a short time. So typically we're not, uh, like Now, for example, it's uh, mid-July, we're breeding and we're not calving. So we have a few calves left on milk, but we don't have to necessarily spend a lot of time focusing on calves and worrying about breeding because sometimes if there's not enough labor, it can get lost and you're trying to do too many things at one time. So labor is probably one of the big reasons why people seasonally calve.
0: And I know you guys have a very good preg rate up at up at Morris there and do you think that's really contributed to a lot of it that you guys can just focus on breeding when you need to breed?
1: It's really about focusing on one thing and not getting distracted on the other things when you know if, if you have enough labor which most dairies typically don't have anyways, to to just do everything uh, it's nice to be able to focus on certain things so then you can focus on one aspect and not have to worry about the other thing so when we're You know, on on some grazing dairies, especially ours, you can have 10 to 15 calves a day uh, in, say, early spring, March and April, when we're calving pretty heavy. But we don't have to worry about breeding because calving and dealing with calves and adequate colostrum and all the things that go around with calving is only happening then, and we're not having to worry about breeding.
2: Not to mention fresh cow management, too, if you're having 10 to 15 a day.
1: that's right. Fresh cows, it's, yeah, there's just a lot of aspects to follow, and not having to worry about one of the other things makes it a lot easier.
0: So, I mean, do you you guys calve twice a year, then, just spring and fall?
1: Uh, We do calve spring and fall, so typically, the typical grazing herd is maybe end of March to end of May, to sort of take advantage to uh, pasture consumption, so when, Pasture growth is great. In May and June, cows are kind of in peak production. And uh, we also calve in mid-September to end of November to kind of talk, you know, there's the whole economics that go along with that. Cows are in peak production when milk price tends to be a little bit higher. So there's lots of advantages either way.
0: So I've, I've always enjoyed working with dairies that calve seasonally because it does feel like working with a really, really nice, tame, comfortable set of beef cows. And it's really nice to, to not get banged around so much in the shoot and, and still do some of the same work. I, it's, it's been great. And I, I mean, it, it, a lot of this still applies, right? You guys are still trying to calve in like a 60 to 80-day window, right?
1: Yeah, we are. We are.
0: Perfect. And then, again, I'm, I assume it works the same way. You want as many pregnant as quickly as possible.
1: In a grazing herd, a lot of us talk about percent pregnant by 150 days in milk. So that's sort of a goal is to get at least uh, 75 to 80% of your cows pregnant by 150 days in milk. So if you're able to do that, then you can sort of keep on that seasonally calving. Now, I should say some, some herds are specific to one season. We calve two seasons because then... If you don't get pregnant in the first season, we can bump you into the second season. Yeah, you have a long days open period or empty period where we're not breeding you. Unfortunately, that's what happens. But at least you are allowed, you know, a second time to get pregnant if you don't get pregnant in the first season, and it's really the maybe young heifers or cows that calve during the end of the one season that maybe only have one chance to be bred so it's typically those uh, cows
0: so you kind of you have a set criteria for those cows that move it's not it's not that you bred this cow four times in the spring and she for to calve in the spring and she didn't get pregnant so now you're going to bump her to the fall it's maybe that she only had a chance to get bred once didn't get pregnant now we're going to move her to the fall
1: Right. Or maybe a young heifer, if she just becomes eligible and she's maybe just 14 months and she only gets one breeding, well, you're probably, if she doesn't get pregnant off that one breeding, you probably don't want to call her and you can wait two months or three months if she's not pregnant and breed her again. Yeah, you're going to have a little bit older heifer, but you know it depends on herd management, size of the herd, all of that on, on how, to, how to deal with that.
0: So you do you do you keep your voluntary weight pretty like set, like you, you you're or do you let it be a little flexible because you know you're gonna allow more cows a chance? Because like if you're if you're aiming for sixty to eighty days and you mm-hmm. want them pregnant by 150 days in milk, then mm-hmm. your voluntary weight weight's got to be sixty or seventy days, right?
1: Yeah, uh, it gets a little. Uh, so a grazing herd in a grazing herd, nothing is ever by the book. Yeah. Uh, uh, our voluntary waiting period is 55 days. That's when we start breeding. However, we start breeding at certain time points. So I'll give an example. We, we start breeding typically around June 15th for a spring calving. Mm-hmm. Well, a cow that calves in mid-March, her voluntary wait, waiting period doesn't matter. Her, her days to first breeding is going to be 90 days right. because we don't breed she, if she comes into heat after 55 days, we're not going to breed her anyways until she hits our arbitrary June 15th uh, date Right. Uh, because we don't want to calve in February. So that's why you, uh, so voluntary waiting period is, you know, it works, but some cows don't work because they don't hit your breeding date uh, for, for your seasonal calving.
0: So do you guys, do you guys have kind of a minimum at 55 though? So like if, if she comes into heat at 40 are you putting semen in her if it's the breeding season?
1: No. Uh no, we're 55 days. We if she's 55 days and older then we'll breed you. If you are less than that, we don't take a chance. You know, you get less fertility things like that.
0: Well, that's I mean, and that I think that's maybe my biggest argument for wanting to have two calving seasons. You know, I'm all for calling animals if they got all their chances, right? But if if they don't even get a chance, like I'm not gonna give up on that cow just because she just had was a bad timing, right? Right. So I like having two. I think that's that's the best. We see that on the on the beef cow side too. There's a there's some herds out there that will calve spring and fall, but you got to be really careful that the fall herd doesn't just turn into all the animals that should have been culled from the spring herd, because then you get you just get a mess in the fall rather than. And- uh, two good herds.
2: On the dairy side also Brad wouldn't an advantage of doing a split season versus all of them once would be then you're still producing milk every month of the year versus you know I've I've been to farms where they have you know two months three months where they're making no milk no production Um, and I I would think for most farms they would view it to be more advantageous to still have production year-round.
1: Yes, I would agree there. Uh, it, you know, it certainly depends on the farm. It depends on the processor too. I think about it from a organic standpoint, they want people to produce milk in the wintertime because that's when there's demand. And if everybody's on a seasonal calving in the spring, well then there's no cows milking over the winter. So you have uh, no production and things like that. And you know, well, let's face it. It's probably economics. It provides income during the winter time. I know it's uh, in Minnesota, the upper Midwest or Northeast uh, where it's cold. You know, it's not fun to go out and milk cows when it's 30 below zero, but.
2: You Wear know, your cuddle duds.
1: That's right. Uh, it, also goes, it goes back to economics. Economics for every farm. I'm not saying every farm is different. Every farm is different. Management, economics, all of that. So uh, you have to, to go with that, but. Uh, two calving seasons do work they do work has anybody looked at on the the seasonal calving
0: dairies brad to see lifetime profitability or just productivity in general based on on where they fall in that in that calving window just like we talked about on the beef right our most profitable animals always are in the front of the calving season is that also the same
1: on the dairy or has anybody looked at that there hasn't been a lot of information out there looking at that to tell whether a, a, a fall calving or a spring calving is is more advantageous or economically. I should do it. Maybe that's Emily's uh, master's. Uh, she can get a second master's degree uh, looking at seasonal calving.
0: Seasonal calving, spring versus fall. Spring versus fall, and then yeah. also just where are you born? Did they did they calve early in the sixty day window or late? That's all just records analysis, right? It is. That's you sh- right. It's you should all have just all records.
1: That? Oh, I should have I have all of that. I just we we could do right. it here at our, uh, with our herd. You just
2: need a peon to write the paper.
1: That's right. And that's you.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, think I, think was... neat. I think it's need. I think it's needed. It's it's needed. It it really is. Um to tell what's what's better, you know, uh to to uh take advantage of the spring calving or fall calving and what's better from an economic standpoint. Obviously it's it's hard to take into account lifestyle, but
0: it's really fun to know that kind of stuff. Even if there's zero difference, that is very, very important to know as well. Right. Mm -hmm. If, if there happens to be an advantage for the time of year, we would love there to be an advantage for that's even better. But even if there's no difference, that'd be great to know what the difference in productivity would be. Do you, you guys don't use any bulls, right? So we don't have to get talking into bulls too much.
1: No bulls. I I am not in favor of using bulls.
0: I, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Not even. What if you threw a beef bull out there just as a cleanup when you're when you know that those those animals are not uh, the kind of you don't want them to get pregnant with a replacement anyway.
1: Right. Well, if you use a beef bull, it's probably okay. But you want to use a good beef bull, not just you know any. Uh, you know, not just any old beef bull either. You know, you want to use something that's good. Cavities, a Hereford. Uh, yeah, definitely. So that's what I was trying to say. I'm just
0: trying to get a Hereford on your mm-hmm. place, Brad. I'm surprised I don't see it more. I do see it at some heifer growers, you know. people are, it.
1: it's, But most people are using a dairy bull. Some people will use a dairy bull of a different breed. Like if you're breeding your Holsteins, put a Jersey out there, which Jersey bulls can be pretty nasty too. So that's my argument. Well, yes. Having, as,
2: uh, as the um, farm safety expert in the bunch, you know, I, I'm not a big proponent of bull use just because I think it's dangerous. And I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'll try it. And they don't know how to handle a bull properly.
0: Yeah. I, I think that that's probably a, an episode we need to do. Bull safety. That can be beef and dairy. Uh, I agree. And that's farm safety. So that keeps us uh, in Emily's wheelhouse, keeps her on the podcast.
2: Yeah. And I'm asking this since I asked it when we were talking more on the beef side. And I feel like, but I could be wrong, that on the dairy side, this maybe is where we would see herd size playing a bigger role in, you know, how viable this is as a good management option. Um, You know, Brad, do you feel like any size dairy could do this or it's better suited, you know, to certain sizes, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, Joe said for beef, it doesn't really matter in his opinion, but curious what you think for dairy.
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think any size could do it. I've been to some large grazing herds that are doing it. Uh, it it does work. You know, maybe if you had really, you know, a, a really large dairy, it might not work to do seasonal type stuff. It really just depends on the management. Um, I think that here we go again. I think it really goes back to economics and cash flows and all of that, because you need you know milk pays the bills, so you you need milk uh, to be able to do that. And
2: yeah, girls so, gotta
1: eat. Exactly. I, I just think that uh, two seasonal calvings are probably better than just one straight season. So, yeah. and you you can do you can do it. A, a lot of even you know, conventional herds do it in the upper Midwest here where it's like, well, we're not going to calve in January, February, just because it's too cold. And you don't want to expose those calves to coldness or pneumonia and a lot of other issues. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to calve strictly seasonal. You can just opt out and not calve at certain times of the year. Just be a little more
2: selective in in what your breeding calendar
0: looks like. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that looks, that's very common, you know, and we do it, we we figure out how to do that for weddings and babies and everything else. You know, we, we look, we look ahead quite a ways to try to figure out how to not have calvings during a certain time. So that that's definitely something that's fairly common, even on the conventional side. I forgot to ask you about heifers, Bradley. We have decent data to show on the beef side that that if they calve or they get pregnant early and they calve correctly as a heifer, then their lifetime productivity in that that seasonal system is higher. How how strict are you on the heifers as far as culling and, and when? How many chances do they get?
1: Uh, f- for us, in, in in my opinion, I give the heifers really the same amount of chances I do the cows we'll kick them over into a second breeding season if they don't. So then at least, you know, if, if, if a, we're talking about a heifer, if a heifer goes through, she is one of the oldest ones in the group. She probably has six chances to be bred. Cause if you get three chances in one season and three chances in the other, a young heifer probably has four chances to get bred. If you get one service in one season and three in the other. So I think that probably balances all out. So, all heifers are getting at least four chances to get pregnant. And after that, you know, two seasons, that's enough. Uh, if a cow doesn't get pregnant in two seasons or a heifer doesn't get pregnant in two, two breeding seasons, then, then they get called. And they yeah. get called. That and makes I sense. I think you, you have to because otherwise you have heifers that are really old or cows that are, you know, a cow will be 365 days in milk by the time you get there. Uh, And a heifer can be, you know, if you start breeding, you're 20 months of age, 21 months of age, maybe by the time you get a last preg check. So they're either pregnant or not, and you probably don't want to be breeding a 21-month-old heifer to try and calve again.
0: How? So I forgot to ask about body condition too. I mean, with all that big range and some cows not even seeing semen until they're however many days in milk, how do you keep body condition fairly consistent throughout the group?
2: Yeah. Otherwise, Joe's going to come and fat shame your cows.
1: I might. Uh, Well, that's a good, (laughs) that's a good question. Uh, Because yeah.
0: I mean, some of the answer might be that you don't. And I mean, that's just how it is. But
1: if you're thinking about a pasture based herd, it's really hard to monitor body condition in a grazing herd with cows or heifers unless you're supplementing and if you do it with only grass in certain you know you you can get a, a heifer will get fat on grass if the grass is good there's no problem there cows suffer infertility if you feed them nothing but grass it it really depends so choosing to supplement can help reestablish body condition or things like that so all of that really goes back to nutrition and what, what, what the total purpose is.
0: Anything else? Anything else? Any questions? Bueller. Questions?
1: That's a
0: wrap. It's a wrap. We're calling that the end. This has been actually two episodes now of just the OG3. We promise to have a guest on soon so you don't have to continue to listen to just us scathing rebuttals, questions, comments, suggestions, send them to the room at umn.edu.
2: That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu.
0: If you want to catch us on Facebook, we're at UMN Dairy and at UMN Beef. I almost combined dairy and beef there. Uh, we try to post as often as we can. And would appreciate it if you have time, to throw us a like. Also, visit the website extension.umn.edu for more information. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode.
2: Oh, we should have put a little like teaser out there, like YouTube
0: channel coming. YouTube soon. YouTube channel coming soon. You
2: know, always leave them wanting more. Uh...